1: Pack-a-day podcast.
2: Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Happy weekend. It's your Saturday, crew. We are all together to talk Packers, Bears. It is Bears week. Packers football is back. We have survived another bye week in another season. I am Jason Perrone of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Game on Wisconsin, the Quicksilence podcast along with Paul Rattle of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast, and Matt Fralick of Game On Wisconsin and the Final Dump Podcast. Gentlemen, it is so good to have all three of us together. Paul, since you have not been with us for a minute, I will start with you. How goes it? And are you ready? How did you,
3: what did you do to survive the bye week? (laughs) I am excellent, and of course, very happy to be back with you guys. I appreciate you holding it down without me, although I know that wasn't a big task. And as far as what did I do to enjoy the bye week, I have to say, last Sunday, there was a little bit of, uh, I don't know what word to use, reprieve, and that it was just kind of a stress-free, you know, not having to worry about the Packers going to win, the Packers going to lose, just kind of take in some football from a, a different perspective.
2: Yeah, for sure. Matt Freilich, I know it was uh, just a week ago that we recorded. Yeah. So how have you spent the pa- – although I guess last week was the bye week. This This week there was actually Packers practice, but –
4: there was some practice, some good news too with Jair. That was nice. This last, I, right now I'm looking up what the word reprieve actually means. So I guess I would say stir crazy for me on Sunday, like no Packer games. All right, be Paul, let's make a note. No if more I big words. If I used it incorrectly,
3: no don't more no more big words one.
4: for Matt Paul. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's probably not the a word. It's I think it's just the lower IQ of my vocabulary. But uh, the Green Bay, or excuse me, the Oneida Casino Sportsbook opened on last week Tuesday, so I went did you out set there. Set up an account? Oh, you did. Uh, I went there physically, so. Mm-hmm. As you know, Paul, they were delayed on the opening, and yep. therefore they are op- they are delayed on the app rollout. Oh, so yeah, they got a... it set up there. You can go there. You can bet there's like 20 to 25 yeah. kiosks scattered around. So I made a bet, did well on that weekend, had a parlay, bet some of the college football games. Uh, yes, Cincinnati and yes. Bama did some good for me. So that's kind of how I occupied my time. But on that Sunday, it was kind of just like... I don't know. Sunday was a weird day for me honestly. It's 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 kind of weird how addicted you get to the routine of watching a Packers game whether it's at noon, 3:20, 7:20, 20, 20, Monday night. It's just but yeah, we 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 managed to get through and just I guess cheered on the parlay I had and then uh, also the fantasy team, but it was it was a decent weekend.
2: Good stuff. And me, I just worked. Worked a ton. It's been busy at my job. So my day job has had me absolutely running like crazy and It's been nice to have a little break and talk some Packers football here and on quick slants and everything else that's going on. Matt, you mentioned it. Great news. Jair Alexander back at practice. We don't know if he'll actually play, so we'll get to that because it's the injury report. We're back to our normal, regularly scheduled programming, but before we jump into that, as always, we got to do the weather. We start as far east as we can go. As far as I know, I think think the great Dairyland State of Wisconsin is it, so which one of the two of you is going to carry the torch and tell us what's going on in Green Bay this weekend?
4: Well, Paul and I were you know we were comparing notes before we started recording and I'll, I'll take the lead on this it's to be honest like I'm shocked like I thought Friday afternoon it was supposed to be some snow on the ground that's what we were told and th- that hasn't occurred yet I haven't seen a, a flake and we're recording at 650 right now Central Standard Time on Friday so uh, Paul mentioned he was watching the weather which was it was nice to get some insight from him because I don't normally Watch the weather channel or, or you know, local news for my weather, but like it, it sounds like from what Paul said, they're not sure what the temperature is going to be, where that band is going to come hit. And I got, I, you know, I, so right now it's, it's about 33 degrees, feels like 17. It's pretty damn windy to be honest, like 20 mile an hour gusts up to 30, which is kind of ridiculous. So, snow might come tonight. There might be some snow on the ground when you guys are listening to this if you're in the area there might not be will there be snow on the ground come sunday who knows but i got to you know i got to defend my guy luke Sampi here luke uh, wfrv channel 5 guy i noticed this week i think it was tom silverstein kind of Kind of hit him on the shins a little bit. They're talking about the weather report, and I think it was Maurice Drayton was being interviewed, and he he mentioned while some Tom Tom Silverstein mentioned something about that's why meteorologists leaves the area leave the area because it's so hard to get it right around here. And I don't know if that was a dig at the local meteorologist or just how hard the weather can be around here. But I get you got to defend the local weather meteorologist, especially since we're a a meteorology driven you know squad here. So I got to. Other than that, I hope they can get it right. That's that's what we're hoping for. I hope whatever prediction they have comes Sunday for the the kickoff at 7:20. They're they're going to get it right. You don't want the local meteorologist taken on the shins. That's that's a tough goal for them.
2: Well, that happens. Yeah, cause it happens here in Phoenix all the time because they don't have much else to do. So they try to make something up. They're like, oh, there's a chance of rain and. Then it doesn't, and then they don't mention rain at all, and we get pounded, <laughs> and we get hit with what we didn't even know was coming. So that's very typical southwestern weather here. So in the Phoenix area, I, you know, I didn't even bother to look. So I have to tell you right now, this is actually one of those those moments I, I kind of get the eye roll because I haven't even really – I don't really pay attention. It's I don't look at the weather as often because I don't need to. It's very consistent, but we're, you know – we're into the winter zone here. We're in the in the high 60s, low 70s. The 80s are gone now. The sun is still out, though, so I mean, I'm not going to complain. It's great outdoor weather, and that's all I got to say about that. I will try to send as much as I can over towards uh, the great state of Wisconsin as I can. And our friend Harry in Kamloops, Canada, says they've turned into the Great White North this week. He's been doing a lot of shoveling. Snow and rain forecasted for today. Roads will be icy, high of 37, low of 21. So that's pretty close to you guys right now. I feel, I mean, at least for this weekend, what I'm seeing in in Green Bay, is pretty close there. So you figure Canada's probably a little cooler, but winter's upon us. It's December. One thing I want to say before we jump into the injury report, guys, is I was just looking through this week and reminding myself through all the teams, all the coaching staffs for the past, honestly, for the past 25 years, the Packers have been really damn good in December. Like they just don't lose, especially at home. Like, they just don't lose games in December. I love it when they get their their toughest games scheduled at that time. Like, last year, it was the Tennessee game. Everybody had that kind of circled and earmarked and like, oh my gosh, how are they going to do? And they went full Packers in December and won that game emphatically. And we just missed the Vikings. That's a January game. So the Bears and the Browns are the two. Well, I guess the Ravens, but that's on the road. So the Bears and Browns mm-hmm. are the two home games left in December. And the Packers still have a lot in front of them. Try to catch the Cardinals for that one seed. Obviously, you need Arizona to lose one game along the way at some point. And hopefully, hopefully, Green Bay can win out. I know that's a tough task, but it's been good. It's been really good. And and uh, so on the injury report front, we've already talked about Jair returning to practice. So let's start there. He's not listed on the injury report because he has not been activated off of injured reserve yet. But by virtue of his returning to practice this week, the Packers have three weeks to make that decision. I would assume if he's back at practice that he is trending in the right direction and he is going to return. I don't think we're going to find out that there was any kind of a pro- unless there's a setback. There could always be a setback. But last week, Matt, we talked about which of the three of, of Zadarius, Bakhtiari, Jair are most important to come back. You listed Jair Alexander. Mm-hmm. Paul, I know you've probably written 1,800 articles on it uh, over at your uh, Chiefs Head TV and Dairyland Express. So I'm sure you have an opinion on it. But Matt, we'll start with you. Jair is actually back on the practice field. And this secondary gets really scary for other teams if you add 23 into the mix. And the biggest problem that it's going to create is Joe Barry, who plays where? Because you've got a lot of really good corners that, that are playing really well. And one thing I've always said is when you have all your guys healthy, then the guys that you want playing the right number of snaps and you want to you know play the right type of snaps... You can do that they don't have to they don't have to play above what you want
4: yeah and I'm still holding my stance on Jair Alexander being the most important like I think I saw a poll out this, earlier this week and at the time when there was votes on it, it doesn't really matter who's voting I think it was a large majority that's 60% Jair I mean and I think no disrespect like I said to Bakhtiari or Zedarius but I think Jair just adds such another piece to that what that defense can look like and it's, it's unfortunate also for like, you know, Joe Barry, that he's going to make that decision, but really for Shannon Sullivan, like, cause he like beginning of the year, it looked like he was going to have an opportunity and with the emergence of Razul Douglas. And this is also in the same you know vein as if Kevin King's able to play this week. And he's been battling injuries as we know, and co- constantly battling injuries because it could be all of a sudden we're back to having three starters with Stokes, Razul Douglas and Jair. So I think my biggest thing, and I, I, I hope Paul at least is in the same breath as he thinks Jair's as important. Maybe he doesn't, which I'm happy to disagree with him. But I think if Jair's active, whether it's this week, next week, um, I just hope that shoulder's tough enough that he can still play the, the game of brand, the, you know, the brand of football that Jair can play. He's so physical when it comes down to the line of scrimmage, you know, the tackle running backs, play the flat on the tight end flat route. You know, blow up some screens now and then, and I think like if he's not able to do that, that takes a significant piece away from his game. Um, and even if it's not in run support, just being able to play physical at the line, I think bump and run on some of these physical receivers you have to come up against. You know, Jarvis Landry potentially at some point. Uh, obviously, Justin Jefferson and and the remaining schedule. I, I hope Jair's healthy. I, I don't really know what the hell they're going to do with him this week. I I tried to figure out the pattern that is the Packers' injuries this year and how they're handling him. I just I can't seem to pinpoint it, and it's going to be a, a secret all day. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of going to put us on pins and needles until about, what, 6 o'clock, 6.15 on Sunday, whether or not he's actually going to be activated. And then even if he's activated, does he actually play? So that'll be the big thing for me, but Jair for me is still the piece, and I think down the home stretch, like you mentioned, that is going to be a nasty secondary. Probably the best in the league if everyone's healthy.
2: Well, and Matt, we're already going to be waiting all day for Sunday night, so we might as well be we waiting are. all day for Jair Alexander. And we were talking before the show, and Paul, I, I said don't push anybody if they're not ready. So if Jair's not ready to play, there's absolutely no reason to force him out on the field. In fact, I'm still like riding on this Roswell Douglas uh, train. I, I just expect that dude to make a play every week, and I think the Packers can get by without him. But – If we're talking about playoffs, obviously that's a big boost to the defense, getting one of your not just all pro cornerback, but he's also one of the heart and soul, and he brings a little bit of that, a little bit of the funk to the defense.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed Data
3: I'll be surprised if he plays this week. I just think the Packers typically take a, a ramp-up approach with guys coming back from injury. So my expectation, and I've been wrong before, so don't be surprised if I'm wrong again, but my expectation is that he's going to be out this week against the Bears. But you bring up a good point that when he does return, when that time comes, you know they're going to have some decisions to make at the cornerback position, and it's good decisions. Mm-hmm. You know When you have options because you have a number of good players to choose from, um, that's a positive. I have to say, I think I wrote an article, I probably wrote an article before the season that my biggest concern about this team was the cornerback depth. We rewind back to the Uh week one. Uh We know we have Jair. Kevin King is Kevin King. Razul Douglas isn't on the team. Eric Stokes turned into a very fine football player. But of course, at that time, we did not know. And then Shannon Sullivan, he's elevated his play this season. And then Shamar John Charles, haven't seen much of him rookie. Was incredibly nervous about the depth of this position, but man, they've held up really well. The Russell Douglas signing's been huge. As I said, even King, his showing in Minnesota was was rough to say the least. But the three games that he was in before that, and I know he missed time, but Cincinnati, Seattle, and Kansas City, he played some really good football then. So they're going to have some tough decisions to make. I think the two big or the two uh, most likely options, I should say, are if you want your three best corners on the field. You're going to put Jair in the slot over Sullivan. And you have Razul and Stokes on the boundary. However, I think I've said before, I've talked about this since last year when I think the topic of conversation came up about Jair moving to the slot. I prefer him, if that can be picky, I prefer him on the boundary. I think that there's more value in taking away the team's top boundary receiver than there is in the slot. But as the Packers have done in the Matt LaFleur era, They've shown that they're very, very flexible, and I think that that's going to be the approach that they take. If Jair was back against Minnesota two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think he would have been on the boundary of Justin Jefferson. If he was back against the Rams this past week, I think he would have been in the slot against Cooper Cup. So they have options. That's a good thing. And as I said, I don't. <clears throat> we haven't seen with the Packers, with Matt LaFleur, them, they're being, being very much concrete, you know here's where you are, here's where you're going to play, here's where you're going to stay. It's matchup-based, and I assume that's going to be the approach they take moving forward.
2: So two things. The first one is in the playoffs, you want to have your best players in the best position, and they have to play their best game. So things change. Matt, we talked about it last week. In the playoffs, teams scheme differently, they play differently. It's a different level of competition. You need a Jair out there. And for him to kind of be able to move inside, outside, is helpful. Eric Stokes, I think they can get by in the regular season with Eric Stokes, but you watch come playoff time. Don't be surprised if there's a moment or two where he um, he, he gets welcomed to playoff football. And I think he mm-hmm. has grown up so much and has, has become such a, a great player uh, over the course of this season. And there was, there was no doubt about it. After three or four weeks, it's like, okay, it's time for him to get out there and play. And Kevin King is what it is. I think Kevin King is, when I say the right players playing the right number of snaps, Kevin King is the guy that comes to mind. You know, I want him playing the right, and and Shannon Sullivan as well. If they don't have to play every snap, and they don't have to play out of position, or they don't have to do something that they're not equipped to do, then the defense is in much better shape. So I think Jair coming back is a huge, huge, and it's a passing league. It's a passing league, so the Packers have to be ready to stop the, stop the pass. And I completely forgot point number two. So Paul, I'll kick it back to you while I try (laughs) to remember what I was going to say.
3: I just wanted to add one other thing and just the, you know, it's a credit to the players first off. They're the ones on the field. They're the one making the plays, but Joe Barry's defense as well. I mean, the, the design of it, he's basically been daring opposing offenses to run the ball. You want to run the ball? You can run the ball. That's fine. We'll let you run the ball, but you're not going to pass the ball on us. And the one week where they kind of went a little bit more in the other direction, they were still trying to protect the pass, was against Minnesota because they had Dalvin Cook. And we've seen what Dalvin Cook can do. And Minnesota then found success in the passing game. But there was this three-game stretch where they went super, super heavy on the light boxes, which is what they typically do, but really leaned into that against Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Green Bay secondary allowed 601 total passing yards, one passing touchdown, four interceptions. It's a remarkable stat for a secondary that didn't have Jair Alexander. So again, it's a credit to the players, but Joe Barry and this defensive scheme that he's brought in has, you know, really worked wonders with for you know many of the players. It's not a coincidence that guys like Channon Sullivan, Dean Lowry, Devondre Campbell are all having either career years, and certainly so in Devondre's case, or very close um, with the other guys, and maybe career years as well. So mm-hmm. it's that's it, been such a big big part of this.
2: Well, and I think the point I was going to make was is that next year when everybody starts freaking out again about the draft and whether or not they like the draft and free agency and how many players the Packers did or didn't sign, don't forget, it doesn't stop in the preseason and in the offseason. A lot of the work that Brian Gutekunst has done, Paul, to your point about the cornerback position, the reason why it's, it looks so great is because of what they've done since the beginning of the season. Adding Russell Douglas to that group by itself was a huge, huge addition to this team. And that's it. That doesn't happen by accident. You know, teams are, they're always looking for who's the next guy that we may want to bring in or pluck off of a practice squad or that's out there that's available or sign or something like that. I mean, for all of the things that we complain about that the, the end season moves for a team that has also had to manage very limited resources financially has done really, really well. So I want to give credit where credit's due there to the front office and the personnel team in, in making that happen. So Jair back at practice, something to keep an eye on. Cornerback group is looking pretty good. David Bakhtiari did not practice this week. So he's coming off that scope. We talked about it pre-show. I'll just ask the simple question of what is the concern level? There's nothing we can do about it. It's, it's you know, just it's recovery from a surgical procedure. There's, you know, it's not like he's not doing everything he can to get back on the field. He hasn't been put back on injured reserve, that gives me some hope, but I'm starting to get concerned because I had hoped that by this point he was back. I want him to play a few games and get his legs under him. I don't want to just throw him out there in the playoffs, even though he's an all-pro left tackle, and mentally he's he's going to be ready. I still think he needs to play a couple of games. It just makes me nervous, and so my concern level is starting to heat up a little bit. Matt, how are you feeling about David Bakhtiari not having a chance to practice for a couple of weeks here?
4: I'm just kind of annoyed, to be honest. Like I'm obviously concerned for the longevity of his career and what – his i guess the rest of his tenure looks like with the green bay packers but like i just i think i mentioned this in like on every other Packaday a episode or every other final dump episode on game on wisconsin it's like Dude, I go back to August and it was like, it seemed like David was going to start week one and like, all of a sudden it's like, okay, he's going to be on IR and he's out for six weeks. And then it's like, or excuse me on the pup. And it's like, dude, what the hell? Like it's, we're getting into December here. Like, what's the deal? Like, it doesn't look like there's anything that tells me he's going to be ready to go this week. And you know, that was part of your argument last week, Jason, was like, yeah, he, you know, you might be able to get away with the Bears pass rush with an injured Akeem Hicks or, a, you know, a, a done-for-the-season Khalil Mack, and you might be able to get past you know, the regular season, whether it's, you know, the Ravens or the Browns, who probably a decent pass rush, but yeah, Miles come Garrett. playoff, yeah, Miles Garrett, exactly, like, you need you need to have your best linemen, you need to have your best players available, like you mentioned in this episode. It's like, if, if Bakhtiari can't get going here like that's it's i'm concerned for him but i'm like it's just like it's you're scratching your head because like injuries throughout this entire year have just been really really confusing like across the board and it's all these high caliber players you don't really know what the hell is going on i mean we haven't even talked about this smith yet like still not sure when he's going to come back at some point. Like, and they just every week, it seems like there's something that's a little bit, you know, pessimistic this week, obviously was not really the case. I mean, the J Jay- Alexander coming back and practicing was great, but it was still, you know, aligning with Randall Cobb with the core injury. So it's like, at some point you got to see David Bakhtiari back. You would hope it, you know, Aaron Rodgers this week on Pat Mac. If he said he didn't expect him back this week, I don't know how much weight I put into that. Sometimes the banter between the boys, Pat, and Aaron Rodgers isn't always uh, the most, uh, uh, I guess, honest, we'll say. So I don't really know what to put weight into that. But at the end of the day, like it, whether it's this week, next week, I mean, if it's week 18 and David plays, great. But like at some point I want him back before Christmas. That would that would be nice. I would, I would enjoy that quite a bit just to – let's like get the five – you know, get the five starters there on the offensive line. Make sure we're set with our pass protection, our run protection, like or run game. Like everything's been pretty, pretty damn good because I don't know if it was Paul or you, Jason, that mentioned it. But like in the Metler, excuse me, in the Brian Goodkin's Metler Lafleur era, it's it's very flexible and they're able to adapt. And that's one of the benefits of this offensive line and the, the talent they've brought in. But at the end of the day, like come playoff time, you need to have David Boxer on the left side, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, for sure. And it's just it's like I said, just getting getting oiled up and, and having them ready to go. Paul, your concern level as far as David Bakhtiari not having practice. Now we're past the bye and he still didn't get out there and practice. How are we feeling?
3: Um, still not too concerned yet. And uh, I'm a pretty even keel person. So I'll just throw that out there. Um, in the grand scheme, it's been 11 months since he got injured. And there was a I guess if you want to call it a minor setback with the scope needing to take place. So maybe add a couple of weeks on top of that. I'm not sure. I'm just speculating, but in the grand scheme, it's been 11 months. We know that ACLs can be uh, on the very, very fast end. You know, maybe some guys can come back in nine months, but typically you're looking at 10, 11, 12 months. So I think he's still kind of in that comeback range. So I'm not at the point of, you know, real panic or concern yet. Obviously my hope is that he can be back out there sooner than later but as we talked about before this is a uh a, a move uh, or however the Packers handle this this is something that they have to get right just for David Bakhtiari's long-term health of his knee so that he can continue to be an all-pro caliber left tackle not just in 2021 but in 22, 23, 24 for hopefully the remainder of his contract and uh Piggyback off your guys' topic from last week, of the three players, David Bakhtiari is my most important. Um, I think the offensive line play is – they've been able – they've done a fantastic job, a truly fantastic job, but they really do have to game plan for this unit each week and providing help, whether it's tight end chips, whether it's uh, leaning on the quick passing game, and – having an all pro caliber player at one of the most important positions in the game where as a play caller and Matt LaFleur as a quarterback and Aaron Rodgers that you don't necessarily have to, you know, worry about because he's David Bakhtiari, I think that just opens up the rest of the offense and kind of what you can do with it as well. There's a million reasons. There's I think, you know, in a lot of things in life we all look for what's the one reason that X happened. Very, very rarely is there ever one reason. Why is the Green Bay Packers offense not you know, clicked or fired on all cylinders like it did in 2020? Well, to me, one of the reasons is because last year's offensive line unit was dominant. By several metrics, they were the best in football. They're still good this year, but they aren't dominant. And I think that's one of those factors, among many others, that have, you know, contributed to this offense just not being at the same level that they were a year ago. So, obviously, we all feel the same way. We hope David Bakhtiari can come back. Um, And ideally, with at least a week or two left in the regular season so he can get some of those reps in because that is going to be important for him but I'm still not quite at you know an elevated sort of concern at this point just because you know we're still in working our way through month 11. So Paul
2: just give us a quick percentage what percentage of your picking David Bakhtiari is your most important guy to come back of those three how much of that relates to the NFC championship game either last year or looking ahead (laughs) to this year
3: uh Quite a bit, because I'm I've, I know there's plenty of other out there, but I, I really do think that having him against Tampa very well could have been mm-hmm. you know the difference in that game for mm-hmm. them. Uh, and as we look to the playoffs, you know they might have to go through Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. They held up well against the Rams' defensive front, but that's still a mean defensive front you're going to have to go through. So yeah, that's that definitely is part of the equation.
2: Well, if you look at the playoff teams, it's no surprise. They have the, some of the best defenses in the league. So you look at Dallas, Arizona, the Rams, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think right now those are the top teams that the Packers are probably going to be contending with when all is said and done. If you want to think about the teams that are likely to go further in the postseason, anything can happen, obviously. But the Packers are going have to have to figure that out. So David Bakhtiari will not play this week. He did not practice this week. Something to keep an eye on. Another bit of bad news we got this week was wide receiver Randall Cobb. He did not finish the Rams game. It was reported as a groin injury. Then it became a core injury, as it was reported, when the Packers resumed after the bye week. Cobb did not practice at all this week. He will not play on Sunday. Core injuries are very, very delicate things. There's a lot of of ways those things can go. We've seen players have them before. I think Geronimo Allison had one. I remember Demarius Randall had one. He had to have a surgery, and I think he was out for three or four weeks. So this seems like it's something to where we may not see Randall Cobb back until the postseason if he's able to come back at all. And obviously the big impact here is that everybody kind of scoffed when Randall Cobb was added because they were like, oh, okay, throw him in there as part of bringing Aaron Rodgers back to Green Bay deal. But he has made some big plays, and there's very few, or I don't even, besides Devontae Adams, I don't know if anyone else has the trust of 12 like Randall Cobb does. So that's a big impact to the offense from a standpoint of who Rodgers is comfortable throwing the ball to. So it's going to be something the Packers are going to have to figure out over the next couple of weeks. So no Randall Cobb. Now he's obviously not the Randall Cobb of, of his prime, but he has still proven to be very valuable to this team. Now you've got Alan Lazard, MBS, and Marcos Valdez-Scantling has started catching some balls that aren't just bombs and shot plays. He started to make a few more grabs Equinemius St. Brown can step in and get some snaps, but none of those guys are Randall Cobb. So much like the Bakhtiari question, it was, what's the concern level? Matt, starting with you, Randall Cobb is out. You know, let's assume he's not going to come back during this regular season. Are you worried about the passing game in the offense?
4: I'm worried a little bit. I mean, not as much as, uh, you know, David Bakhtiari doesn't come out, but it's like, it's just that like X factor, that little juice that Randall Cobb has. And I think it's even like that, something you don't see in the set, see in the stat sheet. You don't, you just, you can't really put your finger on it, but like the chemistry between him and Aaron Rodgers is, is really, really tough to replicate. And I think there's only one other guy in the history that I remember that would be Jordy Nelson has something comparable, but like the way the play breaks down with Randall and he's still able to produce into his thirties, like with him and Aaron is, is super, super tough to replicate. You know, I, I think a combination of some of the receivers you mentioned, you know, MVS, Al Lazard, EQ can get some things done in a perfect world in a, you know, in a virtual setting like Madden football, like it would be Amari Rogers would fit in there really, really well, but he hasn't done enough to obviously fill the shoes of Randall Cobb and not even close to be honest. So I think a combination of a couple guys in the roster can get it done. Ideally that sure handedness would be in my opinion, Robert Tunyon, obviously he's on IR. So that doesn't work either. So I think it's gonna have to be a combination of those three guys. Luckily, it seems like Alan Lazard has you know, sh- hopefully shaken off the injury bug. EQ's been pretty damn good in the last couple weeks uh, to his standard, I guess. I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot more to be wanted from what he's been producing. Um, and like you mentioned, MVS a little bit more versatile than a 60-yard bomb. Whether he catches it or not remains to be seen. But I think he can, he can figure it out and at least supplement. Um, but hopefully, at some point here, come December, when there's actually snow on the ground in Green Bay, they're relying the run game a little bit more, and that they have been, and double down on that. And get the two running back sets, and you can maybe even line up Aaron Jones in the slot to supplement some of those underneath routes or those, you know, I guess, those quick passes. So maybe that's an option at some point. But losing another guy, whether it's you know a super high end caliber offensive player or you know a guy that only gets a couple snaps a, a week, it, it still sucks because this Packers offense, in my opinion, they like to have all those tools with the Nathaniel Hackett and Matt Lafleur offense. So it's a blow to Randall Cobb. It sounds like at some point he could come back in the playoffs. I don't really put. I don't think that's in, a, in much of a reality. Uh, but maybe that is a case. The case, and he can come back and do something come divisional, conference championship, or God forbid the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, not God forbid. God willing, God willing, it would be absolutely it. the the Super Bowl. So yeah, Paul. as, as far as the offense goes, Cobb. Big piece, emotional connection with Randall uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers. They're really good friends. But I think about EQ stepping up, taking some of those jet sweeps. Alan Lazar, These are two guys that are just not afraid of the moment, even though they're not super high draft picks. And then, of course, you've always got Devonte Adams and the tight ends. Josiah DeGuara is starting to emerge a little bit. We'll see if Daphne's going to get his himself going after coming back from injured reserve. So the, the the passing game has options. And let's not forget about AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. It's not like. Randall Cobb but but again it's 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 that chemistry piece and so does that have you as well any more concerned or do you feel like the Packers have enough weapons they've got enough going on that they can mitigate it
3: I think that they definitely have enough to mitigate his absence now with that said he's going to be missed to a degree because He was almost like or was like Aaron Rodgers' kind of security blanket. I mean, he was only targeted 38 times this season through 12 games, a little over three per game. Uh, Certainly a factor, but by no means a huge factor within within the offense. But of those 38 targets, 19 of them, so half of them, came on either third or fourth down. He caught 12 of them, converted 10 of them for first downs. Of his four red zone receptions, they all went for touchdowns. He's been a big security blanket for Aaron Rodgers on third downs and in the red zone, and excluding Devontae Adams because, well, he's Devontae Adams, but there's no one else on the team that's going to be able to replicate that sort of trust, confidence that you guys had mentioned. But this offense, it ultimately it runs through Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams in the run game. That's where a bulk of the snaps, yards are going to come from. So in terms of filling in for that lost production that, you know, Cobb's Cobb's absence is gonna bring, again, it's gonna be a group effort, as you guys mentioned. And one thing that we've seen the last two years, while having a true slot, a true motion guy in the offense is certainly helpful. We certainly want that type of player. We've seen 2019 and 2020, it's not a given for this Matt LaFleur offense either, because they didn't have that guy. They'll use EQ in motion. They'll put him in the slot. They'll use Lazard in motion. They'll put him in the slot. And Amari Rogers, I do think that his snap count will uptick a little, but even though he's a very comparable player to Randall Cobb in terms of skill set, he's not going to see a lot of action. That's not my expectation whatsoever. He has 62 snaps on offense this entire season. He's not all of a sudden going to go to playing 35 a game. That's and they've not all the been case.
2: kind of gadget jet sweep, yep. just eye candy, right? Mostly.
3: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Right. So, um, I know that's just from skill set standpoint, that's kind of the easy connection to make, but I think it's gonna be a lot of the Zard, a lot of EQ in the slot. And I think EQ, I wrote about this at Cheesehead TV. I think he has a real opportunity here. Um, you know, he only has six receptions this season, but five of them have been in the last three weeks. All sixty two yards have been in the last three weeks. And something that we know is very, very important Aaron Rodgers trusts him. Aaron yeah. Rodgers really likes him. Yeah. Rodgers has spoken highly about EQ since twenty nineteen. He talked about this year how he was, how he was bummed that he was cut initially, and was happy to see that all right we at least got him back on the practice squad. So there is that trust there. And when it comes to, you know, we've seen him used on jet sweeps, we've seen him used in motion, and he's certain he he is more dynamic than Al Nazard is with the ball in his hands. And Al Nazard's battle drops recently, so I, I'm not concerned about Al nazard I'm not saying that whatsoever, but I think just the opportunity there, if someone's really gonna, um benefit, you know, for lack of a better word, or earn more opportunities. I really think if I was picking someone, I would pick EQ.
2: You probably I don't know if you can actually hear a facial expression, but Paul, when you were talking about Amari (laughs) Rogers, you could probably hear my facial expression cringe a little bit. I just Mm -hmm. when we get to the postseason, it's it's things like just the little things that make it really tough for a young player that hasn't played a lot of snaps to be effective. And so I'm going to be really interested to see what what Amari Rogers path is over this next month. I could see if, you know, like hopefully in a game like this weekend where the Packers should should fairly easily handle the business in front of them you give amari rogers some opportunities where there's less risk of of anything going wrong and impacting the game negatively but you make a really good point with some of those those snap counts there too so randall cobb another one to watch and this team is just the theme of this year just keep player going down some of them have come back some of them won't be back and and that's a big loss if you know from an emotional and from a a skill standpoint because like you said the plan to replace the Randall Cobb piece of the offense, even though it's different from Mike McCarthy to Matt LaFleur was Amari Rodgers, and he's just not ready yet. So fortunately on the Packers side of things, Paul, do you have something else to add?
3: Yeah. I just wanted to say that, you know, during the Ted Thompson era and sometimes it was to a fault that rookies, young players were relied on heavily. One thing during Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekind's tenure, they're going to, they're going to lean towards experience. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we even saw it coming out of mm-hmm. camp. You know, Eric Stokes, he was getting those first team reps because Kevin King was hurt. But come week one, who was lined up across from Jair Alexander, they're going to give experience the absolute benefit of the doubt. And I think that's going to be the situation here. So that's Lazard. That's EQ. Yeah, as they should be.
2: And I think as and, and I, we talk about the elevation of the importance of these games. And that's what you're going to need when it comes to playing in January and guys that have been there before. And, I mean, look, at some point a rookie's going to have to play and they might have to – eventually somebody's got to get experience playing in the playoff game for the first time. So if it's Royce Newman and John Runny Jr., they've been playing all season long. We have to hope they can hold up. If it has to be Josh Nyman, okay. We have to hope that he can hold up on the left left side of the offensive line against some really tough competition. But it's, it's a tough ask. And so it's a good thing the Packers do have some of that experience. And fortunately, looking at the rest of the injury report, the only other player that has a designation, there were a bunch of players listed, but the only one with a designation is linebacker Devondre Campbell. He was battling an illness. He's back off the COVID-19 list. He was limited on Friday. He's listed as questionable. And this is one of those games where if he's not feeling 100%, Chris Barnes can absolutely carry the load. I, th- I think against the, against the Bears, and I know that David Montgomery's a good running back and the Bears are going to try to run the football, but the Packers have such an advantage that this is not the week to push anybody. So Campbell listed as questionable. We all love Devondre Campbell, and if he can be out there, he's going to be out there. If, if he can't be and he needs another week, I say absolutely give him another week because the Packers have Baltimore on the road next week, and they're definitely going to need Devondre Campbell against a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. So um I... you know I guess any quick thoughts Matt on Devondre Campbell being being on the illness I mean to me it's just it's real simple if he's if he's if it's even remotely questionable pun intended because that's his status you don't push him
4: no I don't think you push him it's it's been fantastic to see what I mean obviously duh Devondre Campbell's had a career year like he's been an amazing addition for the Packers and you started off the episode talking about just like it, come this offseason, if they don't make the right moves in you know, quote unquote right moves, whether it's be the draft or free agency or the first round of free agency, like those acquisitions can still come at a, at a value, whether it be Rasul Douglas or Devondre Campbell. Um, so watch for those obviously, but I think this week, if he comes back, it's great. I think my guess is he does come back just cause he did have that extra week off, um, when he was uh, diagnosed with COVID. Um, but who knows? I mean, that's affect, it affects people in an entirely different way. Um, personal experience, not too brutal for me, but I'm not a professional football player and coming back from an injury and trying to exert myself like that. So we'll see what they do. I would assume if he does play, he's probably going to be on a pitch count. Um, and and hopefully he can remain on that count, meaning that the Packers are most more than likely dominating the Bears this weekend. Uh but you you don't want to see Devondre limited in any capacity. So he's got to sit some extra time to get back and get his lungs right, cardiovascular right, whatever other ailments he's got going on. Make sure they do that because I don't want to rush him back and stifle what he's been done what he's done because he's been a super, super integral part of that defense thus
2: far. Yeah. Protect your protect your your biggest assets. Paul, I assume you're probably on the same train.
3: Yep. If I had to Read the tea leaves, as we like to do here, make a guess. I would venture to say that he's going to play just based on the coach's interviews this week. Talked about how he's, you know, even though he wasn't there, he was in on every team meeting. He's participating. All he missed was the practice reps. Not to say that that's, you know, something easy to make up. But, yep, if he's ready to play, send him out there. If he's not, you know, obviously protect him. Because as we've seen with all the injuries the Packers have had to deal with, it's about the playoffs. Yeah.
2: It's all about the postseason. I don't think that's any kind of a reach for Packers fans and for us to be talking about at this point. It is December, and the Packers had things gone a little bit differently on Thursday Night Football. May have had a chance to wrap up the NFC North with a win over the Bears this weekend. Thank you, Steelers. I hope that TJ Watt is okay. That game was still very interesting. You know, Chase Claypool, guys, was... One of those, you know, connected to the Packers during the draft, and he's turned mm-hmm. out to be a pretty good receiver. But a um, couple of interesting moments from him there on the mental side of things that make you make you kind of glad sometimes that the Packers maybe kind of look into stuff stuff like that. When and, hey, when Ju- when Juju Smith Schuster is the veteran on the roster, like that's who you're learning from. Juju's done the same thing in the past, so yeah. it's yeah, tough. Tough that, spot for them. That is indeed. It is indeed. But so that's it for Packers that, that have a designation. There were a bunch of other guys that were listed, but, you know, most everybody else uh, practiced. Devontae Adams still dealing with the hammy. He's limited um, in practice, but he's, he's he will play on Sunday. And you, again, just, you know, hope the Packers can roll and get up early and get a chance to manage snap counts from that point. So on the Bears side of things, real quickly, just going down the list, uh, quarterback Andy Dalton, left hand, did not practice. He's doubtful. For Sunday, we know Justin Fields is going to start. He will play on Sunday, so he will be back after his rib injury that he has been recovering from. Marquise Goodwin is doubtful. He was uh, limited on Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday or Friday with a foot injury, and then defensive lineman Mario Edwards listed as questionable. Defensive lineman Akeem Hicks, we're all very familiar with him. He is listed as questionable, has not played in some time, and this may be one of his last chances to make an appearance against. The Packers as a member of the Bears, and then linebacker Cassius Marsh, with a knee injury that popped up this week, he is has been ruled out and will not play. So, the Bears a little couple of injuries there. Uh, Akeem Hicks, I think, is is the biggest one of note there, unless you consider Andy Dalton being a backup to Justin Fields there. So, I guess this is where we kind of turn the conversation to how the Packers were going to perform in this game anyway. I mean, I think if the Bears had every single player available to them and you know, Allen Robinson's going to play. David Montgomery's got a bunch of injuries, but he's he's going to play. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but he'll be out there. He has got a shoulder, groin, and glute injury. Allen Robinson hamstring. Uh, it's Packers week, so these guys are going to be out there, and I think they're going to they're going to try. But try as they may, I still don't necessarily think that the Bears have the best chance. They don't don't have much to play for, and at this point and their coaching staff seems to be in potentially in flux at the end of the season so that always creates a little bit of an interesting situation in the locker room so as far as the Bears injuries there I don't think like I said I don't think they had much of a chance to begin with but Matt starting with you does that change potentially your score prediction or do the Packers maybe catch even more of a break with some of these guys being out
4: you know, looking at who played the the, in the first matchup this this year, um, you know, Al Robinson was limited. David Montgomery didn't play. So that'll be a little bit more juice for them. He did have a really good game last week, but the previous two didn't really perform all that well. Uh, Justin Fields with the banged up, you know, the ribs. I think that'll be a factor, or at least I I anticipate it being a factor. But like you mentioned Jason like fully healthy the bears don't really stand a chance. Khalil Mack is banged up or not banged up he's out for the year. That defense is not where it probably should be on uh, a normal bears pedigree. So I I don't expect the bears. I mean the only chance really like I feel like the bears have is somehow if it turns into a a run game between Khalil Herbert the rookie and David Montgomery. If for some reason also Allen Robinson is able to produce coming off some injuries like he's had and Darnell Mooney goes off, okay, there might be a chance to make this game close coupled with some blunders on special teams, Aaron Rodgers, the running backs, turn the ball over a time or two. Like then we might have a conversation of a, of a different sorts, but last I checked fa- Packers are favored by 12 and a half. I expect them to win by that margin plus. Uh, you didn't really ask for a score. I'll give you a score. I'm going uh, 30 to 13 Packers.
2: 30, 13 Packers. That, yeah. is a, that is a healthy spread. So don't, do not take the, I guess, don't take the Bears and the points. This No.
4: <laughs> I wouldn't take the Bears and the points. I mean, if I were to bet the game, like I'm not doing that, but I would probably bet the Packers to cover. Like I don't, I don't, I mean, that was like I said last I checked it. I've seen it before at 11 and a half. It was not 12 it's a 12 a half. It's 12 and been, a half. I don't see why not. Like, I don't see, I, I just, I don't, uh, you there's not much you could convince me that the bears are going to put up enough points. I guess the only reason they wouldn't cover being the Packers, if they were trying to grind the game out and run the ball and just keep it to, and, and the weather could be a factor too. Like, but I, I don't see a reason why the Packers shouldn't, um, should blow off the bears
2: in all honesty. Yeah, absolutely. It should be one of those games that they're at home. they have got a lot to play yep. for, and this isn't one you dink around with there. So, Paul, as far as the injury report on the Bears' side of things, they just can't seem to catch a break, and we all know about the Bears to begin with. So what are your thoughts on the Packers versus the Bears? Waiting all day for Sunday night. Is it going to be worth the wait?
3: (laughs) Well, for Packer fans, hopefully so. Um, Of course, I expect the Packers to win, but just a few notes. Akeem Hicks, like you said, Jason's questionable. He was a full participant Friday after being a limited participant, so my guess is he's going to play and Akeem Hicks versus Royce Newman definitely seems like a matchup in favor of the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears, but the Green Bay Packers were able to limit him the last time they played, but, of course, still worth keeping our eyes on. Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack's absence, he's actually got 11 sacks this season, which is one of the most in football, so we might see him lined up on Yash as the a, as a edge ed rusher. He does move around, but he may try to take advantage of that matchup, so we might have to see Green Bay again provide some help there. Quick passing game. And then David Montgomery. Uh, Khalil Herbert, last time these two teams played, he found some success. He had 97 rushing yards on the ground, over five yards per carry. David Montgomery has been very good this season. I expect a heavy dose of him. And when it comes to Justin Fields, Preston Smith or Sean Gary, it's going to be important that they contain him. Don't let him get out of the pocket. Let that interior, because it's not a very good interior offensive line, let the Bears have, so let Kenny Clark, let Dean Lauer, penetration up the middle, create the pressure that way. Um, I already gave the stats earlier when Green Bay went up against guys like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes. They did a very good job of keeping those guys in the pocket. We'll have to do the same with Justin Fields. But since we're doing predictions, I have the Green Bay Packers win in 31-17.
2: Covering the spread. 31-17. I hadn't even thought about about a score. I mean, in these Packers-Bears games can always be really interesting too. So I'm going to take the Packers, and I definitely think they're going to get over 30. I'm seeing 35 on their side and maybe, maybe something like a 16 of the, the bears, there's always weird stuff that goes on with the bears. So 16, even mm-hmm. though that's not like a, a normal, maybe they get a failed two point conversion or something like that, which would be the most Matt Nagy thing at all. Maybe, you know, remember that first game against the Packers in 2018 and that opening day where he came out in the wing tee and tried to get a little too fancy. And there's always foreshadowing, I think throughout someone's career or whatever that it is that they're doing and so here it is a little bit too later and it's like a later or two years later, or three years later and Matt Nagy's on the hot seat and it's maybe because he's he's gotten a little too cute and uh, he's got a good talent in Justin Fields, but just has not been able to capitalize on it. So I think we all like the Packers to win this one. The injury report, fortunately, pretty light, but obviously it's it's not so much about this game, but moving forward, it's the big three. And any updates we can get on Randall Cobb. Hopefully we get some better news than expected there. If it's not until the playoffs, I would still take that. Uh, Matt, to your point though, it's a it's a big time deal surgery. And so there's it's just it's one of those things I don't think we can count on. We have to hope for some better news than expected. So going around the horn. Matt, we know what's going on with you. Final dump, it will not be out again until Friday. Excellent episode sure. once again this past week. Uh anything else happening this week that we can look forward to on your end? I mean, you mentioned the the Steelers Vikings game, and I'm not one to you know talk about my bets
4: and stuff, but I guess I get to now since it's legal in, in Oneida. Uh, they screwed up my parlay for the weekend. I had Steelers plus three, and that was before Dalvin Cook was actually. So over. they almost actually, yeah, they almost covered. Paul.
3: Parlay is already done. Yeah,
4: exactly. And I, <laughs> I it was apologize. On, no, 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 no. Please lean into it. If I'm going to bring it up, I, I'm I'm warranting it. So, but I yeah. It, my parlay is done for the weekend it was I had Moneyline Packers Moneyline I think Chiefs and Moneyline another favorite super favorite so it's it's over so it's just uh I guess anticipation of whatever Paul's word he used uh you know that he got through on Sunday without a game it's uh waiting until 720 on Sunday (laughs) to get through so it's that's what I'm looking forward to the game and then just like like I said like we've talked about this whole time I think everyone's talking about like let's get healthy down the stretch here whether it's You take a game off, kind of against the Bears, and you don't cover the spread. Like get healthy for the Ravens, get healthy for the Browns, and then like let's make sure we get these guys back to the fullest capacity once we get into the playoffs because they're going to need every single body
2: on that roster come playoff time. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And Paul, always tons going on in your world. Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, Packers unrestricted. What do we got coming up?
3: Yeah, head to Dairyland Express. We got X factors, five big questions facing the Packers at Cheesehead TV. Um, talked about it on here quite a bit, but, uh, how do you replace Randall Cobb, Equinemius St. Brown's potential impact? Um, there's plenty of other stuff out there at those sites as well. So check it all out. Absolutely.
2: Good stuff. Well, we'll be back again next week, hopefully talking about a Packers victory over the bears. Everybody's staying healthy, a short injury report. So we can talk about other fun stuff and getting ready for the Packers to take on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. That should be a fun one. Rogers Lamar, barring anything really wacko happening this weekend so everybody enjoy waiting all day for sunday night winter is upon us so as always stay warm stay safe and go pack go